Day 58 of 100 days of calling. We are really slugging it out here. Time to invite all the people. See if we Well, I guess we had a blip there. That's what's going on. Let's try again. Let's invite all those folks. Had to overcome a technical glitch, so everybody has been invited. So we're going to go back and revisit the Modern Monetary Theory chapter of Glenn Beck's Great Reset. We never really finished it, so... I think I owe you. It's going to cash in that coupon today and give you guys the Great Reset. Joe Biden and the rise of 21st century fascism. End of the dollar. While MMTers attempt to paint their proposed monetary system as merely a more efficient way of managing the economy, it is in reality an incredibly risky experiment. And what happens if this experiment goes awry? As I mentioned earlier, modern monetary theorists try to soothe critics' concerns about hyperinflation, saying that even if government bureaucrats and policymakers do not manage things perfectly in the future, the U.S. dollar's status as a world's reserve currency would protect Americans from a hyperinflation nightmare. There is no question that the dollar's world reserve currency status would help at first. But who is to say that the dollar would remain the global reserve currency in a universe in which the United States chose to embrace modern monetary theory? As recently as July 2020, Goldman Sachs warned that the dollar is increasingly at risk of losing its world reserve status. Strategists for Goldman specifically cited the Federal Reserve's swelling balance sheet and growing debt levels as the primary reasons for their worries. If the United States were to aggressively travel further down the money printing road, as Stephanie Kelton and others have suggested, it is entirely possible and probably inevitable that other economic powerhouses like China would demand that international commerce occur using alternative currencies like the euro or the Chinese yuan. Many global institutions and government leaders in Europe and Asia have already started floating the idea of shifting the reserve currency into the international international <laughs> international monetary fund special drawing rights sdr special drawing rights or sdr is essentially composed of a basket of currencies and designed to act as a stable medium of exchange for international trade a quick side note international monetary fund is one of the biggest supporters of the great reset and but i'm sure that's just a coincidence if the government and the Federal Reserve continue to pursue an MMT system, the U.S. dollar will become increasingly vulnerable to losing its world reserve currency status. This would likely cause the same hyperinflation that Kelton and others insist would never occur under their model because countries would have no place to spend their greenbacks except in the United States, leading to an unprecedented flood of dollars returning to U.S. shores. 
This would drive up prices in key industries like real estate and likely send America into an economic depression that could exceed coronavirus lockdown levels. As hard as that is for many to imagine. This scenario would truly be horrifying. Oh, sorry, they, it would be a truly horrifying economic nightmare, the likes of which the country has never seen before. It should give pause to everyone who has embraced or even flirted seriously with modern monetary theory and its necklace, no, reckless principles. Oh, and things could even be worse than the situation I just described. A special drawing rights model relying on a printed currency could end up being our best case scenario. Some influential economists and world leaders associated with the World Economic Forum are trying to dethrone the dollar by replacing it with a global digital currency. Consider, consider the WEF board member Mark Carney, an economist and banker with an unquestionably impressive resume. Carney previously served as the governor of the Bank of Canada as well as governor of the Bank of England. Carney spends his days convincing other elites that the U.S. dollar is too influential in global markets and should be replaced with a digital currency. In his role as the governor of the Bank of England, Carney began to lay the groundwork to give digital currencies greater standing with the bank throughout the world. And at the 2019 Economic Policy Symposium at Jackson Hole, Wyoming, an annual conference attended by many of the world's central bankers, Carney touted the benefits of a new digital currency replacing the dollar as a world's reserve currency. Excuse me. A digital currency could dampen the domineering influence of the U.S. dollar on global trade, Carney said. The dollar's influence on global financial conditions could similarly decline if a financial architecture developed around a new digital currency and displaced the dollar's dominance in the credit markets. Carney is not alone. One of the biggest advocates for expanding the power of the government-controlled digital currencies is the Chinese Communist Party. China is currently in the lead when it comes to creating the first digital currency backed by a large central bank. The digital yuan would allow the Chinese Communist Party to maintain unprecedented control over its country's finances. Chinese officials have already said they plan to use the digital yuan to better manage the economy and track and eliminate illegal transactions, which in China could be something as simple as going to a website the Communist Party doesn't like. And if going and if China isn't doing it, you know the rest of the world's governing elites are paying attention, especially at the World Economic Forum, where influential Chinese citizens serve as board members. Given Carney and China's connections to the World Economic Forum, it should not surprise you to hear that the WEF is preparing to give their expert opinion on how to regulate government-controlled digital currencies, or CBDCs which many at the World Economic Forum believe to be inevitable. It is inevitable. No, it's not. In January of 2020, the World Economic Forum announced the creation of its very first global consortium focused on designing a framework for governance of digital currencies. Speaking about this consortium in early 2020, World Economic Founder and Executive Chairman Klaus Schwab said... We hope that hosting this consortium will catalyze the conversations necessary to inform a robust framework of governance 
for global digital currencies. Even the Federal Reserve in the United States is now trying to get in on the fun. February 28, 2021, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said exploring the creation of a central bank digital currency is a high priority project for us. Referring to the possibility of a digital currency, Powell added, this is going to be an important year. This is going to be the year in which we engage with the public pretty actively. And remember that idea of International Monetary Fund SDR system for the World Reserve Currency that I mentioned earlier in the chapter? It turns out that its supporters are also considering pushing for a digital SDR currency, CBDC. Back in 2019, during a Bank of England forum, Christine Lagarde, who was then director of the IMF, who currently serves as president of the European Central Bank, discussed the idea of developing a digital version of SDR. This concept of the IMF coin could easily become the world's new reserve currency, a scenario Lagarde said is not far-fetched hypothetical. The amount of power and control over the world that would come with the full embrace of the MMT system, especially if mixed with a digital currency, is almost too much to fathom. Not only would government and central banks be able to create as much money as they wanted to, they could, depending on how the new monetary framework operates, create and distribute cash with the push of a button, literally. There's another round of angry riots in Paris in Paris, sorry, over high energy costs, let's put some newly minted digital cash in their digital wallets and politely tell them to go home. Oh, well, we tried that and they aren't listening? Well, let's just empty their wallets then of all their cash and let's see if that gets their attention. It's also worth considering how digital currencies could be used to control economic behavior. If all currency were to become digitized and physical mediums of exchange were phased out like cash, then banks, financial institutions, and governments would be able to track and control nearly every transaction in the world. Although there is no way of knowing exactly how they might try to use this unprecedented power, it is not hard to imagine how it could expand the authority of elites and impact regular folks on a daily basis. We have all heard about local governments' attempts to tax and in some cases ban certain unhealthy foods, everything from foods containing trans fats to sugary drinks. In a world with centralized digital currency, what's to stop the ruling class from pulling or putting a limit on the number of Cokes you buy each week, each week, sorry, or the number of burgers you eat, or the number of alcoholic beverages you consume, or cigars that you smoke? What's to stop elites from preventing you from buying alcohol, cigarettes, or Twinkies entirely? They are bad for you, you know. And what about limits on energy consumption? Perhaps you've done more than your fair share of traveling this year and are deemed not important enough for travel exemption. Well, we can't have you polluting the planet on yet another unnecessary family vacation. I'm very confident that the Second Amendment will survive the Great Reset, at least on paper. It is incredibly difficult to change the Constitution, and there are just too many states that will never agree to ratify an amendment that overturns the Second Amendment for gun rights to be stripped away in Congress. But a Great Reset world that runs on a government-controlled global digital currency could make gun and ammunition sales virtually impossible. 
Powerful bankers and international institutions cannot make it illegal to ban guns in America, but they can stop people from buying or selling guns using their global currency, effectively killing most of the gun and ammunition industries. And if you think for a moment that Americans might be able to escape this sort of control because transactions occurring within our country might still continue to be made using U.S. dollars, remember that the Federal Reserve is also strongly considering adopting its own digital currencies. Let me just invite some more people here. Okay. So, and if you think for a moment that Americans might be able to escape this sort of control because of transactions occurring within the country might still continue to be made using U.S. dollars, remember that the Federal Reserve is also strongly considering adopting its own digital currency. <clears throat> So whether it's elites in Europe and China making the rules or elites at the Fed, the point is you won't be the one in control of your economic decision-making. At least that's how things seem to be shaping up. I could go on for days citing other potential problems that could arise from centralized government-controlled digital currency, but I think you get the point. If international elites were to have authority over the world's digital currency, they would have the power to, to control most of the global economic activity and, by extension, human behavior. As the old saying goes, he who has the gold makes the rules, or more accurate, but not quite as catchy, he who has otherwise worthless digital currency, everyone has been required to accept as the only valid medium of exchange, makes the rules. Now, at this point, you might be wondering if modern monetary theory is an important component of the Great Reset, why are some elites at the World Economic Forum trying to undercut the dollar's position as the world's reserve currency? Why can't the ruling class just continue relying on the dollar, perhaps a digital dollar like the one Powell has alluded to? Unfortunately, all we can do is speculate, but there are plenty of good justifications that ruling class elites might have for wanting to move on from the dollar. For starters, one of the biggest impediments to the globalist agenda over the past several decades has been the unwillingness of the United States to go along with the internationalism. There have been many moments throughout modern history when globalists thought they had the world right where they wanted it, but then those darn Americans got in the way and did something unexpected like mm, elect Donald Trump as president. There is a seemingly endless amount of material I could point to showing a that global elites view America's role in the world as one of the biggest, if not the biggest, impediments to ushering in the Great Reset. Pausing for a sip. Like alterations to the international economy, but some of the best evidence comes by way of George Soros, one of the most influential voices in the globalist movement. Since the 1980s, Soros and his Open Society Foundations, one of the wealthiest philanthropic organizations on the planet, has spent more than $14 billion on a variety of causes in more than 100 countries. Leaked documents from Soros' Open Society Foundations show it's clearly devoted to the eradication of national sovereignty, whoa, and using crises to advance its political and social goals. So the elimination of national sovereignty is Soros's guiding principle, one that has helped to shape most of his political and philanthropic work. In an article for The Guardian by Daniel Bessner, 
professor at the University of Washington and contributing editor for the popular socialist magazine Jacobin, Bessner correctly notes that Soros's mind is the two major threats to an open society are capitalistic hyperglobalization and market fundamentalism. He explains, Soros argued that the history of the post-Cold War world as well as personal experiences as one of the international finances most successful traders demonstrated that unregulated global capitalism undermined open society in three distinct ways first because capital could move anywhere to avoid taxation western nations were deprived of the finances they needed to provide citizens with public goods and then second because international lenders were not subject to much regulation they often engaged in unsound lending practices that threatened financial stability. And finally, because these realities increased domestic and international inequality, Soros feared they would encourage people to commit unspecified acts of desperation that could damage global systems' viability. For Soros, the only way to address these and other related perceived problems is to establish a new global system of political decision-making. Wow, that sounds so, an awful like the Great Reset. Just another coincidence, I'm sure. However, Soros has continually, continually identified one gigantic roadblock standing in the way of his dream of advancing the cause of internationalism. America. Bessner explains that as early as 1998, Soros acknowledged that the U.S. was the primary opponent of global institutions, by this point in time, Americans had refused to join the International Court of Justice, had de declined to sign the Ottawa Treaty on banning landmines, and had unilaterally imposed economic sanctions when and where they saw fit. Soros spelled out this belief clearly in his 2007 book, The Age of Fallibility, which, by the way, is agonizingly boring. The main obstacle to a stable and just world order is the United States. This is a harsh, indeed, for me painful thing to say, but unfortunately I am convinced it is true the United States continues to set the agenda for the world in spite of its loss of influence since 9-11 and the Bush administration is setting the wrong agenda. The Bush agenda is nationalistic. It emphasizes the use of force and ignores global problems whose solution requires international cooperation. More like international coercion, but okay. Soros's views are pervasive in international circles of influence, so it is really surprising that many globalists are keen on pushing the dollar out of its position of prominence. Um, would they really want to trust control of the lifeblood of the Great Reset system, a currency operating under MMT principles? to a country with a strong independent streak like the United States? I doubt it. From their perspective, it would be much better if the international ruling class had its own currency, preferably one that was easy for elites to manage, and what could possibly be easier to control than a digital currency. MMT success stories. Quote-unquote. Modern monetary theorists are often confronted by skeptics concerned about elites gambling with America's future on largely unproven economic theory. When that happens, Kelton and other supporters of MMT usually respond by arguing that many of their ideas have been tried before and with great success in the mysterious ancient land of Japan. 
The following argument by Kelton is just one example out of many showing how modern monetary theorists usually present this important claim. Quote, so it is possible to really put a number nobody can. How much debt is too much debt? If you look at Japan today, you see a country where the debt to GDP ratio is something like 240%. Well, above orders of magnitude where the U.S. is today or even where the U.S. is forecast to be in the future. And so the question is, how is Japan able to sustain a debt of that size? Wouldn't it have an inflation problem? Wouldn't it lead to rising interest rates? Wouldn't this be destructive in some way? And the answer to all those questions, as Japan demonstrated for years now, is simply no. Japan's debt is close to 240% of GDP, almost a quadrillion. That's a very big number, yen. Long-term interest rates are very close to zero. There's no inflation problem. And so despite the size of the debt, there are no negative consequences as a result. And I think Japan teaches us a really important lesson. That's what they say. So before addressing Kelton's argument, take a moment to marvel at her assertion. A 240% debt-to-GDP ratio is completely acceptable. If translated to America, that would amount to a national debt of more than $51 trillion. You know what that means, right? Ponies for everyone. Uncle Sam is picking up the tab. Now, I admit that Kelton is correct in asserting Japan has yet to suffer through high levels of inflation, even though it has amassed staggering levels of debt. However, as with everything else in life, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Japan is far from the MMT utopia that Kelton would have you believe. Although Japan's government has spent trillions on, quote, construction-related public investment over the past three decades, precisely the type of spending that MMTers propose. Economic growth has almost staggered. I'll get through this paragraph and then I'll take your call. Economic growth has almost totally stagnated and Japan's problems began long before the coronavirus pandemic hit. From 1995 to 2018, Japan's GDP decreased by more than 8%. Over the same period of time, the United States experienced a 168% growth in GDP. Further in Japan, the percentage of the GDP composed of government spending has also steadily increased over the past two decades, showing that substantially more economic power has been vested in the hands of the Japanese government over that period. So with all this in mind, should Americans really consider Japan an MMT success story? Is an anemic economy, massive amounts of debt, and an increased size of government something most Americans pine for? I'm no mind reader, but I think it is safe safe to bet that when faced with these facts, most people in the United States would want nothing to do with modern monetary theory. Okay, I will take your call. Oh, hey, Sheila. I just wanted to ask a question, but I think you kind of answered it. I, I was just going to ask um, if you're a MMT supporter. I just had a few questions. I'm not. It, I'm not. This, oh, is, okay, this yeah. is actually, this is a reading from thought. the... The Great Reset, Joe Biden, and the Rise of 21st Century Fascism. Now, people have been throwing around the moniker of fascism, you know, back and forth on this on this uh, call-in network. I mean, they're, they're all exploring it in their own way, which is perfectly important. It's important for all yeah. people to explore their I, I guess there's, like, multiple definitions of fascism. Well, I mean, there's it, and it's not all applied succinctly in one way, either. So... What we're talking about here, this is kind of the dry and direct version of, of monetary fascism that is is going to slant things 
probably towards a totalitarian end. I'll give you an example. Like I actually went into uh, to buy lunch today at at a local eatery, um, and it was like a Korean barbecue fusion place. And I uh, got up to the counter. They're like very eager to have the business. I you know I ordered. You know, they assembled my meal, and I get up to the counter, and they're like, oh, man, we don't take cash. And, of course, that's not the first or second or the third time I've heard this lately with these young entrepreneur businesses. They don't want to take cash. And so I said, I'm sorry, I only have cash, and I wasn't alerted to this um, at the beginning of this, this transaction. So they're like, oh, well, we'll give you the meal for free. As if that's going to make me feel any better, and uh, so it, and it didn't. Where is it this? Never makes. No, I mean this happened. This is a mo- this is a modern monetary theory model of commerce. It coerces you to use a um, card transaction or an electronic debit trans- transaction using your phone. Some ways they want that that electronic um, transactional material instead of money, cash money. So I said, I only have cash. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to to produce this tender. I have offered it to you in exchange for my meal. You've refused my, my legal tender. I'm sorry, I cannot purchase this meal today. And they're like, well, you know, we'll give it to you for free, which is what they said. And, and of course, you know, I'm really uncomfortable. And I said, well, uh, you know, uh, otherwise we'll just throw the food out. And, of course, I'm, I'm feeling really put upon at that point. And so I said, okay, well, I'll take... I'll take the food, and uh, but you can leave a tip. And again, very very awkward situation. Um, you know, totally prepared to pay for my meal, and so I I stepped up and said, you know what? Let me let me go to the restroom, and I'll I'll come right back. So while I, I just stepped aside, just so I could kind of recalculate. Okay, how am I going to address this situation? They rejected a legal tender which is cash and they wanted my my electronic only transaction when i got back up to the counter they're like okay well we'll we'll take this this cash tip but just make sure you scan your qr code before you leave i'm like no no you don't understand i don't want to engage in this exchange this electronic transactional exchange of data as money i don't want to do it and so that was that was it. I mean, we're getting into a place where this is very coercive. It's an involuntary exchange and and I don't want to participate. You know, it's kind of like a bait and switch, you know, like I think I'm going in to get, you know, kind of a a commodity-based good. I I'm usually I'm very accustomed to being able to pay for my meals in cash. Um but you know, I don't like receiving free things. I did leave the dollar amount in cash on the counter. They did so try to reject it, which is really weird because I think there there must be an ideology behind it. Like cash is dirty, cash is not electronic, you know, it's not the way of the future, la 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 la. You know, I think what that what they are doing is endorsing their own future monetary destruction. So and that's because I'm probably one of the only broadcasters here doing the contrapositive against MMT. So I'm, I'm welcome. I would welcome you know any kind of ideas or commentary that you have, Karthik. And I'm glad that you called into the program, by the way. 
So this isn't something that happened to you. This is like a, a theoretical example you're providing. No, 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 no. This happened today. It happened today. Uh, okay. Where was this? Like in the Bay Area? No, sir. This was in Austin. Austin. Texas. Oh, okay. The uh, next California, I see. Um. So okay, yeah. So, so like I, I've heard of MMT for a little bit, like back and forth the last year. Like obviously, I, I don't know much about it. Like what from what I do know, it's about um. Uh, increasing spending for various programs while uh, ignoring the deficit. Like, I'm sure I'm missing lots of key parts of the definition or whatever. But that's I mean, th- what I... that's part of it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I know. And, like, I was, like... And, like, I have no idea if it would work or not. Like, obviously, it hasn't been implemented, I guess. It's it's heavily uh, reliant on something called CBDCs, which are um, commodity-based um, control currencies. Commodity-based Okay. Currencies. Well, I, I just thought, because, like, if you did, like, increase spending a lot, like, I was confused about... Wait a minute. How... Go ahead. I mean, I'm just going to recuse my, my... Okay, what is a CBDC? Go ahead. Go ahead. So I just thought, because, like, what a lot of pro-MMT... And, like, I'm not, I'm not like, pro or anti. I just, like, would like to know more. Um, but I just thought, like, if, if it was implemented... Um, couldn't that like really like e- like easily like increase uh, inflation or at least of assets? Well, that, that, that's what my question was. Yeah, yes, and it would get it would centralize most of the control in the hands of a very few. It would centralize control in the Fed, who is already exercising their discretion to increase interest rates. Yeah, I thought time. the Fed already had all the power. <sighs> okay, so yes, I am ugh, sweating and melting. Okay. Central bank digital currency. Blah. I just know that it's it's really heavily invested on. See, a Bitcoin is a non-centralized digital currency. A CBDC would be the type of digital currency that is issued by, say, like the United States government, the Japanese government, you know, by the government, and it's backed like an FDIC currency and used for the exchange. Now, if we're pushed off of cash entirely onto CBDCs, you know, using Apple Pay or, you know, card-exclusive pay systems, where did everybody go? (laughs) It just left. (laughs) Um, So it would be really difficult for you to opt out of using those currencies. And that transaction that I had today was one of the ways that they're trying to doctor or condition people and use and there was no one else in that cafe. It was like me and that was it. So I I feel like the the businesses are going to start losing out on that cash money and they are kind of a bit they, they they act like I am biting them if I don't produce a digital or a card-based currency. I'm going to go ahead and take Bloody's call. Excuse me. Welcome, Black. Mark, Mark of the Beast. I told you guys, <laughs> Mark of the Beast. The Beast system has to come into play. All digital currency that is not in control of the government, of any type of government, needs to be placed into a control system. They will not play by any other means. They play by their rules. And they will do anything in their power if they have to destroy the digital. That includes Bitcoin, any of the popular Luna, and, you know, Shibu, Inu, whatever you want to call it. They will destroy them because you they mean want Doge to their coin? own beast. Dogecoin is going out the door. They, it's already some of the best financiers, some of the best stock uh, of the greats. I'm not talking about any random guy that just got money 
and and a couple of hundred thousand in the last year. No, I'm talking about guys that have been in the stock market. I said there's going to be a crash in the digital coin, and you cannot recover. Yeah, and they why? have because already they tried to stoke it. Yeah, it's already kind of. Remember, they've already had remember when Luna back in May? Remember when Luna was coming down, and it, it started taking all of them. Wow, I was like, wow, it's just something went wrong with one, and it's like a, a, a I don't want to say maybe a domino effect kind of thing, you know, or cascading effect, but the whole thing is everything was tumbling down, so they're going to create their own digital because they know that's what people want, but they're using the beast system called the Bitcoin. I don't know if it's what, what everybody wants. They, that certain people are being conditioned to want it, and the young people who are, you know, attached, so attached to their phones are like, they're used to paying with the digital mm. currency. And I'm tired the, the of, reason I of say being, that many. Mm-hmm. The reason I say that many is like this guy Karthik that just called. I've talked to him. He falls into that group of youngsters, like many here in Colin, unfortunately, around the world, that they want already a chip system on their hand. Oh, cool, dude! I could open the door to my car. I could open you know, the door Karthik to my house. You know, Karthik is not here and to has all explain. Your Hey, hang on, hang on, bloody. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, bloody. I mean, he's not here to speak for himself. You know, he sounded like he was weirded out. No, no, I know. I'm just speaking in general to the youth. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and, but, and but I know, a lot of these people, they're going to be. It doesn't sound like he was on board. Founder. It didn't sound like he was on board. He, I, 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 I hope not. I hope not. You know, I hope I'll bring this up later on because I see him in other worlds, but I hope not. The whole thing that I'm, the thing is that they're going to try to get people on board. So based on, on, on the premise of peace and security, like the Bible says, how are they going to be able to provide the peace and security that the world has never been able to provide to its own citizens, respectively, each country and each continent? Well, they're going to make it, like with all this child sex trafficking, child children missing, they're going to be able to chip you and track you GPS. Your children will never be lost again. That's one. Two, well, they're, they're going to claim identity, that. Well, exactly, because that's that. how they, they got to roll them in. But they're going to tell you, if you're already using your bank card, if you're already using those nice apps from Samsung and Apple, take it the next step. What are you waiting? Come on. This is all for you. It's for your own well-being. No, 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 no. Come on. Come on. And, and uh, you know, just I'm going to invite you to, to slow down, slow down for a little bit. Um, you know, we are, and the whole point of reading this, this entry is to indicate that that we are you and me and people who have you know concrete objections to the MMT model can say to our government this is not this is not how we want uh, our our currency administrated. Well, guess what, Shayla? Biden not long ago already signed an executive order to turn over things to digital. I mean, this guy, it just needs it needs the approval of legislation. No, no, right no, no. Now he does need it. He can't just unilaterally, you know, act as a, the dictator-in-chief and just sign everything over. The, no, the de- make de- it de- part de- of his de- agenda. Stop talking over me, bloody. Uh, you, Sorry. You can't just unilaterally, like, like, make these decisions over the entire U.S. currency. This is a systemic thing that requires... A democratic move. If he's yelling and screaming democracy out of one side of his neck, you know, there's going to be somebody in his camp going, well, weren't we about democracy? Weren't we about voting in, in compendium and assuming what, what? That, that most people want this? I mean, I'm going to bring you up to the speaker so that we can get Jonathan Thank in you. here. He usually has some very insightful things to say. So I'm going to, I'm going to invite you to speak, Bonnie, and, and take Jonathan's call. And Shishalo, and the thing what you're saying is that you forgot to say 
Democracy Now, if you know that program. Democracy Now. <laughs> and it's being run by a bunch of socialists. Democracy Now. No, I mean, it's, it's Amy, Amy, what's her name? Go ahead, yeah. Jonathan. I, good to see you, man. Welcome back to the program, Jonathan. Hello. Oh, here we go. Make yeah, sure okay. to speak up because you're a little low. Okay. I'm not even sure where the microphone is on this thing, but I will you're, try. Do, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Well, firstly, it's the question in my mind is like, what you're talking about digital currency, but currency is digital. It's already digital. It seems like a weird. There issue. is some that is digital, but it is excluding the uh, the the cash. It is excluding ninety-seven percent of existing United States dollars don't exist as paper, anyways. Well, I mean, you could say the same for the digital currency as well. It's all fiat crap. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it's like whether or not it should be digitalized seems like a, a ship that has sailed, and there's like a, a bigger uh, issue, which is where it comes well, from. Well, I mean, do you or do you not comes. believe well, the objection is that the, the the currency will be centralized and the currency can be controlled by a very limiting few people, and since everything's running through a device, it can sanction you easily. That's all already true. Hello. In 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 part, it is Jonathan. Do you it, want you, it to be true, right about, Jonathan? Are you in? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me ask a question for Jonathan. Jonathan, do you want that to be true? Do you want them to be rando sanctioning people who are not elected officials, people who are banking and finance administrators? Do you want them to be able to sanction people for misspeaking like they do in China? Do you want that? Sorry, I lost the first part of that because my Wi-Fi is spotty. Do I want them to be able to sanction people for speaking be with by like freezing their account? Say, yeah. Is that the world you want to live right. in? I mean, that's all. That's already been something that the United States has done to two different countries, and something Canada did to their own citizens. The that's ability to do it is it that you're not answering my question? Do you want to live in that no. world? No, Do you want that as your system? Just because they can. You're asking that no, 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 no. It's, it's not holistic. Not it's not a holistic. Just because they can, under some legal circumstances, doesn't mean they should. And this they can is still. My wages. Did they garnish your wages? The only reason they don't is because the student loan debt is on a freeze. Otherwise, they would if I made enough. It's already true. It's like that ship has sailed a long time ago. Okay, well, I'm not. I don't accept six. that as a as a usable, important, important standard for all of the free people. That's that is not okay. I'm so not going to green like that. I'm not going to add consent to that level of governance. Nor, if that's okay. Would, nor would I. Nor okay, well then, just say it. Just say is... that you don't consent. I don't. Okay, so there you go. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that because that is part of being a free people, saying I don't consent to this government, I don't consent to this, and so the next idea is to uh, to use a currency that they object to as an exercise of your free volition, as an act of civil you, disobedience. Can't you see how saying I don't consent to this implies that you do consent to what is presently the case? There is no way that saying I do not consent you can't make a a no a yes sir 
Unless like, they are communists, then everything you do and say is yes. And I'm not, so it isn't. It's just the context and the connotations work to imply that and suggest that the only problem you have with the plan is our movement from here to there. Not that there's anything wrong with where we are as we it's sit. The descent, it's the centralization of the currency and the manner in which that they are coercing the use of this currency. And so if you choose per transaction to to go along with it, I'm not sure you really are not okay with it, Jonathan. I think you're, you're trying to convince me of something. What is it that you want to convince me of here? That the game is over and I should just quit? No, that the thing. What are you trying to convince me of here? I suspect that the thing I'm not okay with is less the cryptoization of our current system and the fact that our current system is a system in which every dollar is created at interest and so there's more money owed than exists mm. that's a problem about which MMT says nothing about which crypto says nothing like all these things you put under the umbrella of MMT can be looked at individually you got your federal jobs guarantee you got your fiat currency you got your deficit spending that puts the debt to GDP up which is basically just exchanging private debt for public debt where that goes like all these things can be parsed they're all under this big umbrella but just because one of them is bad or good doesn't make the whole theory bad or good both ways and the cryptoization which is a moot point about what we have is like it's so it's such a non-issue like it's not worth well i don't know why it's a non-issue because it is an issue it's it's pushing people into the use of of everything as digital manifest yeah but and and i don't want to do that that. i spend on it could be a breath i take that i spent on not having anything that resembles the foundation of what we have in the first place that's going to be hard for people to reach yeah it's an attention i'm just letting you know that that you know we can be very ivory tower together here in this conversation but as far as like me going to the counter and being they're not denying me a meal today Jonathan but they yeah. they want to be in a magnanimous position to do so in the future and that is why they're giving me my meal for free right so this is about okay. spreading it around yeah they're wrong. trying to make it seem like it's a good thing when it's not but you're just talking about a very, very small version of what already happens on the level in the credit market. There are certain people who have access to credit and there's certain people who don't. All that that down payment is, for example, is means testing mechanism by which you can say, Are you, I'm only going to give you credit if you money if, if you prove to me that you don't need it. Like, And then you're having these initiatives that are mirroring the Homestead Act about giving mortgages with no down payment and a low interest rate. Proving that the whole, and if those things make money, create general wash, generational wealth, which they do, you're proving that the whole thing was unnecessary in the first place. So, like, that down payment is means testing. Like, you could do away with that. You could do away with the Fed. You could do away with central bank reserves. You could do away with the repo facility. You could, like, what having a crypto central bank currency is just like taking a car and replacing the engine. Like, it's the same car. 
Like, and they have bigger problems. Mm. It's just, you know? Well, I mean, there's always going to be some kind of monetary problem to go from. Like, I'm not, I'm not warehousing a, a policy, you know, fix it for him. I'm, I'm introducing this as, as a general, you know, let's put this out there and, and see how they respond to it. You have a very nuanced uh, approach to this. I'm going to take Joshua's call and invite you up to the speaker lane. Um, and then and then after Josh call, t- we got to go. <laughs> See here. They're going to invite you to speak. And then we're going to make the next caller. Hey, Josh, welcome back. I want to go very cerebral because it's Friday afternoon and bring up individual collective. Hey, Dave. Dead, dead jubilees. I didn't get paid today. I got, I, I've gotten shorted by my recent boss, but I have not gotten paid today. Um, but debt jubilees for the individual, uh, for the country, um, and uh, I, mean, that, I mean, that's not my idea. That was what the hell uh, is a dead a, jubilee. Are you serious? No. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what this, a dead jubilee is. The slave owner came up with it. Uh, Jefferson. I'm sorry. It's just yeah, so every seven years. Um, oh, oh, Jefferson yeah, that's like an old term for. Um, like oh the my Jubilee God! In the Bible, in the Bible, they had. Well, they had well, a Jubilee. Uh, I know about that one. Okay, well, fine. You go back to the original communist Jesus. It wasn't Jesus. It was uh, it was the Jews, and I I can't remember when they started it, but it's supposed to be. Jewish law, maybe it Even comes before from the Ju- Jews. Ashurbanipal, Nebuchadnezzar, Hammurabi. Debt forgiveness has been used as a way to uncorner an economy for literally thousands of years. It, I'm glad we like got it out of that colonizer that was taking credit for it with all the slavery and the rape and the shit that he did. You know, humans are bad. Humans are bad. They will do. They will slave and they will dehumanize and they will rape and they will do that stuff. Somewhere it's going to be occurring on the planet, whether it's legal or not. I don't like it, and uh, but but let's move on. The jubilee is the jubilee is what? Yeah, what about it, Joshua? <laughs> hey, Stay on don't the train. Me on a Friday. I'm trying to uh, what the the snowpiercer train we're on. I'm in the coal room with the rest of the miners. Um, anyway, it's it's forgiving people's debts every seven years, and it also I brought it up in regards to the student debt shit because. Um, it would be the equivalent of giving up like everybody like one hundred and seven thousand uh, dollars in today's dollars. So it would be all of most people's student loan debt, except for those doctors and engineers that make less than one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year somewhere, probably serving underprivileged people in service somewhere to have it wiped off eventually. But you said you wanted to end the show, and I didn't want to be serious, and now we're talking serious stuff. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I've got, I've got a, got a note here from Sophie. She's like, Wah. you know, and I, and the mic went dead. So I'm just going to take that as my holistic cue to get out of here. Guys, I, I'm going to go see Adam Carolla tonight. Maybe he'll make me laugh. Um, his podcast is airing live at the Cap City Comedy Club here in Austin, Texas. Um, it's been wonderful talking monetary theory with you guys, um, for another Another rendition of fascist is as fascist does on the unsanctioned citizen. Day 58 of 100 days of Colin. We'll see you guys tomorrow.
Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access unsanctioned citizen podcast archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and call in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.